As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Amen. Leave only you. I love that song. Greeting you all in the name of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'd like to welcome you to um, a word from the Lord this morning. Truly, it is a blessing to come before you. So I like to say hi to all those on Facebook Live and on Trinity Baptist Prayer Line. This morning, I seen my sister Tracy all the way from Kentucky. Hello. Um, I seen Rhoda. I seen um, Will. I seen my mom. And I seen the Rubios. So thank you guys for joining. And as I always say, you're not here for me, but you're here to hear a word from the Lord. So let's just get started. We will be coming from the book of James, chapter 4, verse 1 through 4. And I pray that you have a pen and paper and are taking notes. What a message the Lord has for us today. So James, chapter 4 Verses 1 through 4 reads this way. It says, From whence come wars and fighting among you? Come they not hence even of your lust that war in your members? Ye lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot attain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not, because you ask amiss, that you may consume it upon your lust. And verse 4, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of of God. Let's pray. Our Father which art in heaven is once again that we come and we thank you for the day that you have given us. Lord God, we pray right now that you prepare our hearts to receive your word. And my prayer always is that I decrease and you increase. I pray they not see the messenger, but they see the message. For it's in Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I like to use today as a title, A Friend of the World is the Enemy of God. When we think about a friend, who has a friend? I think we all will say, hey, we have a friend. How many friends do you have? And then the question is, what is a true friend? I ran across something um, earlier this year that said this. 
There are three types of people. One, who left you in hard times. Two, those who helped you in hard times. And three, those that put you in hard times. Which one is your friend? But the Bible gives us a great look into what our problem is. And it starts right from the verse 1. It says, from which come wars and fighting among you. How many times we have, even in our relationships and families, we're just fighting and fighting. And then the question is, why are we fighting? Well, it tells us because the lust in your members. There it is right there. You are fighting and warring because of the lust that is in your members. Lust is a terrible thing and it will consume us. A lot of people say, hey, why don't I get the things I ask from the Lord? Well, he gives us the answer. Look at verse 2. It says, ye lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot attain. Ye fight in war, yet ye have not because you ask not. You know, many a times we'll say, hey, why someone's not giving me this? Why someone's not helping me? Well, sometimes you have to ask. Sometimes people don't know you're going through a tough time because of the great facade that we all play today. We all think everything's hunky-dory, and then we're putting the facade and smiling all along. We're hurting inside and not willing to share with others. You know, we started a prayer line at Trinity, and I'm telling you, and I used to be that way. I didn't let, like to let people know that I needed something. But man, I'm telling you, the heat is on, and I'm telling everybody who knows the word of Christ, pray for me. I need prayer. We need to let people know when we need prayer, because when we come before God, He says the prayers of the righteous availeth much. And I tell you, but we won't do that if we lust. And we have not because he says we ask not. So if you need some, go before the Lord and ask. Now, I want to be clear here. God knows your need. But what he wants you to know is that you need to know who fulfills your need. Many a time God uses people, well, oftentimes to fulfill a need. And if you never let people know what you need... You're really not doing what God says. He says you have not because you ask not. And whenever you ask, according to His will, He'll bless you. Now look at verse 4. I mean verse 3. James chapter 4 verse 3. It says, ye ask and receive not. Okay, see now you got past the initial stage where you ask. But then you're not receiving. Here's now He's going to give you the answer why you're not receiving. Because you ask amiss, that you may consume it upon your lust. Make no mistake about it. God is not going to give you anything to consume it upon your lust. He knows that if you get something, you 
are going to worship that and not worship Him. You are going to take the glory from Him. And He's not going to give you anything that takes His glory. You know, I remember the story of Solomon when God asked him, what did he want? And he said the only thing he wanted was wisdom that he may lead God people. He didn't ask for anything that he may consume it upon his lust, but he wanted something to help others. I'm telling you, you'll find out, you'll start getting a whole bunch of stuff when you start wanting things to glorify God. I'm telling you, the Lord will bless you. And I have been abundantly blessed because I had to change my mindset. I used to be in this category of wanting things to consume it upon my lust and I didn't get it. But man, when I turned it around and I want things to glorify Him, man, I'm telling you, He keeps it coming. And I'm telling you, He just keeps on blessing me. And I just want to thank God for that. And He gives us the answer here. You will not get anything if you're asking a miss to consume it upon your lust. And then verse 4, we're getting there. Man, I tell you, I wanted to get there. Verse 4, it says, listen to what he calls these folks. Ye adulterers and adulteresses. He don't leave anybody out, man and woman. Know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever there will be, therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. If you are still friends with the world, do not fool yourself. I'm telling you, I've been telling you over and over. The Spirit of God has been telling you over and over. Your actions will tell you where you are. If you are committing adultery, you are not in the body of Christ. It says because you are enmity against God. That means you are against God. Your actions will tell you where you are. If you are doing these bad things, you need to know for surely that you have not followed Christ. You are yet within your sins and He is telling you today, that you are friends with the world. And if you are friends with the world, you are not a friend of God. Be clear here. You cannot serve two masters. Matthew chapter 6 verse 24. Listen to this. Matthew chapter 6 verse 24. No man, that includes you, I know you think you can do it, but the Bible says no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. It is impossible. That you are saying that you are following Christ and yet you are still friends with the world. He is clear here. What a stern warning he gives here. He says, friendship of the world is enmity. Look that word up. I'm telling you. That means you are against God. But yet, you are still friends with the world. God is telling you to come unto Him. Believe in His Son that He rose from the grave and died to yourself.
but we haven't done that yet. We still love the trinkets of the world that tickles our fancies and put us to sleep in doing what God has us to do. Listen to, listen, listen to this. The Spirit is telling you that this place is not your home. You might like all this stuff that's going on, but I don't know about you, but God has a better plan. God has a new heaven and a new earth. And I'm telling you, He's coming back for His church. And that church is not a building. That church is a um, body of believers that believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that He rose again from the grave. But yet... So many are perpetrating that they are children of God and yet they are friends with the world. And as Matthew 6.24 says, that's impossible. You cannot serve two masters. Now what is this friendship of the world? The Bible lays it out really quick, quick here and I want to spend some time here. I hope you got some pens and papers because we're about to get into it and break it down a little bit more here. 1 John... 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 to 17. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 to 17. I want you to listen to this, and it tells you how this friendship of the world is formed. It says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in Him. Let me stop right there. It can't get any clearer than that. It says if you love this world, and you know this world system and all the things that go into it, that lulls you to sleep, gets you to doubt God, and yet you are loving it. He says, be sure here, if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So if you have this love for the world, I want you to listen. The Spirit is speaking today. If you have this love for the world, you don't know what's desire, why you desire this love for the world. You have not been changed. You haven't fully believed in Christ. Because it says if you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. I didn't say that. Don't get me. He is saying if you still desire the world, think about why. I'll tell you why, because you have not been changed. Your heart hasn't been um, turned over to Christ. You're still holding back, and you're yet within your sins. And he's saying, the love of the Father is not in him. Look at verse 16. It says, for all that is in the world. Here we go. Get your pens here. For all that is in the world... He lists three things. Can you say three things? Here we go. The lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away in the lust thereof, and he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. We've got to speed it up here. Boy, I tell you, the time goes quick here. He lists three things here. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Now, if you think about Genesis, when Eve, Genesis chapter 3, read the entire chapter, 
This is the way the love of the world comes. It is going to come in these three areas and it's going to attack us. I'm going to give you three examples real quick. Genesis chapter 3 when Eve, Eve saw that the fruit was good for food. That was the lust of the flesh. She wants to satisfy the flesh. So therefore she succumbed to the lust of the flesh. And then it says that it was pleasant to her eyes. The lust of the eyes. She kept looking. I'm telling you folks, when you see something, you know it's wrong, you better turn. Don't keep looking. It will get you. And then the next thing, desire to make her wise. That's her prize. You know, she simply just did not trust God that he provided everything for her and then when the old slippery serpent came in there he wanted to do get her to do one thing and he's still doing it today he wants you to doubt the word of God oh it was so simple she saw that the tree was good for food she looked at it it was pleasant to her eyes and then it wanted to make her wise she wanted more than God had already given her. And then we see that she loved the world. David, I want you to think about King David. 2 Samuel chapter 11. 2 Samuel chapter 11. We know King David, a mighty warrior of the Lord who beat the giant. But then one day he was supposed to be at war. And then he saw Bathsheba on the rooftop bathing. Here we go. Here's the love of the world. He, he lusted of the flesh. He wanted to have relationship with her. The flesh. I'm telling you, that flesh. And then he saw that she was beautiful. He kept looking on the rooftop. And then the third thing, the pride of life. And boy, that pride of life is the knockout punch right there. He took her and said, I'm the king, I will have her. In other words, I'm the king, who's going to stop me? And my goodness, we see those three pillars knock him out of the major blessing the Lord had for him. The lust of the flesh, he wanted Bathsheba. Some man's wife, it was Uriah's wife, yet he wanted her. Good Lord. And then she was beautiful, he just kept looking and couldn't take his eyes off it. I'm telling you, you better get your eyes off something that doesn't belong to you. And then his pride, why? I'm the king, I will have her. Oh my goodness. David was not in the place he was supposed to be. If you study this out, it was a time of war and kings went at the battle, but David was home on and on saw Bathsheba on the rooftop. Well, I'm telling you, when you're not in the place you're supposed to be, I want you to think right now, if you're in a place right now where you ain't supposed to be, there's no way God's going to bless you. Get to be in the place where God can bless you. And that's in His will. Now I'm going to go to the last example because we're running out of time. Goodness. The last example is Jesus Himself. Praise God. Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. Man, look at this. We know that this was after Jesus Christ has fasted 40 days and 40 nights. And then that old serpent, that devil, that wicked one, comes to Jesus at the weakest point. Well, he thought he was weak of his flesh, having eaten for 40 days and 40 nights. And then he says, hey, look at these stones. Turn them in. 
to bread. See, that was the lust of the flesh. Turn this stones into bread. I know you can do it. You're God in the flesh. I know you can do it. But go on and do it and satisfy that flesh, the lust of the flesh. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone. And then he goes on and shows Jesus the kingdoms of the world. See the lust of that. Now you got to see it. See, when they get you looking at you, they got you hooked. But he shows Jesus the kingdoms of the world and asks him to bow down to him. But then Jesus told him, no, it is written. It is written. See, it's in God's word. See, so the lust of the eyes, Jesus didn't succumb to the lust of the eyes. And then the final straw, Satan says, hey, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. And Jesus told him it is written once again. I'm telling you, and that was the pride of life. See, he couldn't get them with turning the stones into bread. He couldn't get them by looking over and looking at all these things. And then he says, I'll give this to you. Now, one thing I want you to think about, if he could give Jesus the kingdom of the world, who runs the world? You better think about that. (laughs) You better think about that. If he could give Jesus all these kingdoms of the world... He owns the world. Folks, I'm telling you, this world is wicked and ran by the wicked one. But Jesus Christ is telling us, do not succumb to the pride of life. We need to make sure that we succumb to the will of God. So often in this world, when you finish reading um, James chapter 4, it talks about being humble and not being prideful. This is what's wrong with us today. We're so prideful. Prideful has broken so many relationships. It has caused so many wars, so many fighting among us because we are proud. The pride of life. Now, real quick here, we got to go. It says, Jesus tells us what is required for anyone to come after him. And we've got to speed it up here. If you look at Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 to 25. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 to 25. Listen to this. Here you go. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. In order to live, you must die. If you are going to follow Christ, you must surrender 100%. And this is the problem with people thinking that they're following Christ and yet they have one feet in the house of God and one feet in the world. You can't straddle the fence. You can't be lukewarm. He said you're going to be cold or hot or he will spew you out of his mouth. There is no half ground. It is all or nothing. 99 and a half just won't do. He's saying you must deny yourself. Three things. Remember again, we had three things before. Here's three more things. One, you must deny yourself. And the next thing is you must take up your cross and follow him. 
And I'm telling you, whenever you're going to follow Christ, hear me and hear me well, it will require a sacrifice. Wow. Following Christ is not easy. And the Bible never told you that it would be. I want you to think about John the Baptist. When he tried to stand up for God, he had his head beheaded. Then I want you to think about Joseph. When he refused to have relationship with Potiphar's wife, she stalked him day in and stay out. And then she caught him and said, lay with me. And Joseph ran out. Because he did not want to commit adultery and most importantly he did not want to sin against God. And then he was cast into prison. There's many others I could go on. But I'm telling you whenever you take a stand for right, you're going to be wrong in the world. Because the world is run by the wicked one. Remember what did they do with Jesus Christ who is truth? They killed him. At least they thought they did. Because on the third day, he rose from the grave. I want you to get this. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 7 to 8. And I'm almost done. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 7 to 8. Boy, I'm telling you, you better get this. It says, Who in the days of his flesh, it's talking about Jesus here, when he had offered up prayers and supplication with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death. And he was heard in that he feared. That's right, Jesus feared. Though he were a son, you see that capitalized there, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. Mm. That was heavy. We are going to learn obedience by the things that we suffer. Jesus learned obedience by the things which he suffered. He was our example. He was doing this for our example. Letting us know that we are going to have to suffer some things. You will have to bear some things as a follower of Christ. If you don't believe it, you take a stand for Christ and you will see what the world will do unto you. It will kill you because you must die in order to live. And as he says, if you're saving your life, you're really going to lose it because you're saving your life for the world, for that lust of the world. Instead of dying to the world and living to Christ, what a difference. And then the last thing, remember, he said, deny yourself. He says, take up the cross. And then the third thing, he says, follow me. That's what he says. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 16. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 16. It says, Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. You say you are following Christ, you're a disciple of Christ, you're a Christian. All of that means you're following Him. Here He tells you to be holy, for I am holy. And where are you at today? Mm. Are you living holy, or do you still love the world? Do you still have that lust of the flesh, saying that God can't break that 
break that from you? Or do you still have that lust of the eyes? You're looking at things you shouldn't be looking at. Or do you have the pride of life? You'll do what you want to do. It's my life. What a biggest bunch of crock I've ever heard. It's not your life. You are bought with the price and that price is the precious blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. It's not your life. It's Christ's life. And he wants you to submit it unto him. Now, real quick, I, I got to go on. I might go a little longer here. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present, get this, your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Whenever you sin with the body, that is a terrible sin. But he says, hey, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy. Oh, we don't like that word anymore, holy. That means consecrated, set aside for Him and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. That's the least you can do. And then verse 2 says, And be not conformed, here we go again, to this world. Man, I'm telling you, the world system is trying to conform you to its system. And as God's people, we are against that. That's why we're considered troublemakers. But we're simply lights into the world, into a dark world. And when they see that light coming, it hurts their eyes and they know they must make some adjustment. Let me read it. It says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is good and acceptable in that perfect will of God. See, it starts with your mind. Is your mind renewed? Here's our problem. We are so deep into this world system and God is trying to pull us out through his word and we don't want to be pulled out. We want to be comfortable here in the world. We love the world. That's what he was saying here. That's the point of this message. A friend of the world is an enemy of God. You love this system. If you get into God's word, listen to me, he will open your eyes and man, you'll see how deceived we are. And then man, when he opens your eyes, I love it at the end of, at the end of James chapter 4, it says, For him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him, it is sin. God says you know what to do, but yet you're not doing it. That means it's sin. So that could be a whole bunch of stuff that you're sinning on. The message today was clear is if we are a friend of a world and of the world, we are an enemy of God. Don't be fooled. Look at where you are. And it gave those three ways that the world is going to get you. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Now, for those that have don't believe that those for those that are not in the body of Christ, you simply get into the body of Christ by believing that God sent his son Jesus Christ to die for your sins. And on the third day, he rose in a grave with all power. At that moment, you believe in Jesus. You are in the body of Christ. And then God says, hey, to make this confession before men, it says, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. See, you're saved. But with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. 
So what you need to do for whosoever believeth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God shall be saved. You simply have to believe that Jesus Christ paid it all for you. And he rose that third day. And I pray if you've done that, please drop me a line. We'd like to send you some information to help you further your Christian walk. But ask yourself the question, am I a friend of the world or am I an enemy of God? Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.